We are stoned and that's okay. So why don't you just stay? Sit back and listen. You don't know what you're missing. It's talking stone while getting sports. Fellow humans, you are listening to Talking Stone while getting sports. Episode 67. This is your host, Monster Morgan, and your other host, Axe Murder Austin. How is it going, buddy? Oh, I know what day it is. Yeah, apparently it's Halloween because it, that guy only comes out once a day. I don't, he, I tried, I was fighting with him earlier this morning. I tried to make him so he wouldn't come up this episode, but he overpowered me and I guess he wanted to do the intro. So, um, hopefully he shouldn't come back for the rest of the episode, but you never know with demons, um, especially on Halloween. Um, which speaking of everyone out there, happy Halloween. Maybe that will keep the demon pleased if we both say it. So, happy uh, Halloween, yeah. And everyone out there, hopefully, you're having a bunch of candy by the time you hear this. You probably trick or treated, all that stuff. I don't know if we have a lot of kids listening, maybe not, but maybe we have a couple people listening with kids. People don't have kids. <laughs> but <laughs> also, the day after Halloween sales on candy when you're stolen is kind of nice. Ooh, buddy, you know it. Um, speaking of which, do you have, have you done anything? Do you have any Halloween plans going on? What, what are you doing for this spooky day? Yeah, this, uh, it's spooky, all right. No, it's actually been pretty chilly, but um, no. So my fiance and I have decided to dress up as ghosts. Oh. So we put a lot of effort in this year. Um, I think you mentioned that last episode, didn't you? Yeah. So we are going over to uh, her sister's place. We're going to help uh, hand out candy, I believe. So, um, yeah. Could be a should be an interesting time. How about you yourself? Guys, um, well, I live in a basement suite, so I'm not gonna lie, it's kind of nice where I don't have to run to the door every 10 minutes in order to hand out some candy. Fair um, because most people won't come to them, my door. If someone does, I do have some just a handful of um small chocolate bars that would probably get me by for tonight if i hear my doorbell ring um i don't have a doorbell first of all so just give uh, them a piece of bread or something i well i guess i have to go grocery shopping thanks austin all right well (laughs) (laughs) no i think most of the night i'll just be hanging out and trying to fight with my inner demon so uh, that's what i'll be doing this halloween um well that's fun uh, you know what I think we should get to? Our podcast, Inner Demons? Well, something like that. Uh, but first things first, uh, tell us about your inner podcast, Demons, uh, at, podca- at Podstone1 
on Twitter, uh, or you can let me know directly at FitzDFitzGerald. Um, you can, uh, I might put up a picture of, uh, us dressed up as ghosts on the, uh, Instagram, and that That's is famous. Cool. I haven't seen anything, His so. TSWGS pod. And, uh, Morgan has, uh, I think two T's to get to. And the double T's, Twitter and Twitch are both caps Morgan too. I like to keep, keep, keep it simple. I'm even keeping it so simple where I'm not dressing up as anything for ha- for Halloween. I have no nice. need to. Nice. Um, I'm too cool for it to be honest. No, I'm kidding. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, so you won't see any f- amazing pictures of me up on our Instagram, but um, I always have to check. I don't know if Austin said, but it doesn't hurt to say it twice. Rate, review, all that good stuff. Um, especially the rating reviews is what will really help this podcast start catch fire is what we're really, really hoping for. We want to burn. Yeah. Why? Who knows? Like Austin said, it's getting a little chilly. Maybe he wants to burn so he can warm up a little bit. I don't that, know. That would be nice, yeah. Um, usually, people want their campfire beside them, not on them, but to each their own. But speaking of burning, there's still been a few CFL teams that have definitely um, – Turn to ashes, really. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. They're all burnt out. They have no chance of making the playoffs. Their their hopes are done. And um, one team right off the bat, because it's the week 13 CFL recap. <laughs> Calgary St. Peter's went to Ottawa, played against the Red Blacks, and beat them 26 to 13. That's a 13 point differential. Um, surprise, surprise. Both me and Austin picked Calgary to win. I went with a 17 point differential. Austin went with a 12 point differential. So he got two points right off the bat. Um, yes, I did. So I guess congrats to you, but you won't want to get back there. You'll it'll break down why once we get back to the, the tally once again. All right. Well, anyway. Um, basically, this again, there's been a lot of these. It was another mediocre game. The CFL. Um, if you're not a fan of high scoring on both sides of the ball, you know, offensive battle type deal game, then the CFL this year has been really, really boring. And that has a lot to do with most of the players having a year off. Even if you look at it, lots of the younger players, those are the players that end up stepping up because they at least played some sort of football, if it was college, if it was university. Um, right. XFL. They had some play. 
they had some type of play where, where all these veterans are starting to, you know, the fact of having that year off is starting to get to them. So we had the pure play, and this was a, another game because even Ottawa was somewhere in between, like around like the 10-minute mark, I think, of the second quarter. They're even winning 10-3, and um, only by Mitchell, sorry to step on your stats here a little bit, but I believe he didn't throw any any touchdowns whatsoever, so... I don't believe so. Um, it was actually Jake Mayer that threw the only touchdown, I believe, for Calgary. I do apologize. There's, apparently, there's a monsoon being ran upstairs above me right now. So, <laughs> lots of water, lots of wa- walk around. See how much of that picks up. But I just want to address it and get that out of the way. Um, well, speaking of stats, I guess Austin, I really don't have since it was such a boring game, maybe you can make it less boring with some of your stats there. Well, and like you said, uh, I mean, the Red Blacks did have a decent first quarter, but after that, it kind of fell apart, and uh, it wasn't a great game for either team, really. You know, it was a boring game, like you said. Uh, Calgary had a few more minutes possession, not really, but they did have 100 total more yards, and that that's that's a big difference, obviously. Um, not a huge game in terms of scoring, obviously, but, like, yeah, I don't know. Like you said, it was kind of a boring one. There's not really much to tell from this one other than uh, Red Blacks suck. Yeah, although... They do, they are not a great team whatsoever, but they aren't, in my mind, aren't the worst team in the CFL right now. And that's even saying the fact that the team I think is worse got more points against their opponent, but that's Hamilton versus the Elks. Um, yeah. It's the Elks that I think is the worst team, and they lost, well, 23-39, to which apparently I was very stoned when I – it was a 16-point. I had to do that little bit of talking because I was – forgot a point, do the math and put down the point difference, like the difference. (laughs) Um between these two scores, so I believe that 39-23 to 23 loss for the Elks is a 16-point differential. Correct. Um, so, this one is going to make Austin really happy, which I guess is... No, I, I hate to do. I don't like the fact that he's going to be all gloaty and we're going to hear his giggles giggling and all that stuff. <laughs> but we both picked Hamilton. I went with 14. Oh. We get to hear some bubbling before his goals because he went with a 16-point differential. So he got right on the nose as far as the point differentials. He got another 
two points for his pick. Um, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> I knew uh, it was going to uh, there's the evil version. <laughs> Remember, spooky episode. Um, yeah, uh, like I said, the Elks, in my mind, are the worst team in the CFL. They have a lot more players where they could easily be doing a lot better than this. They used to have Trevor Harris. They have players like Greg Elton. They have Terry uh, uh, Williams, I think. I might have just messed up his name. But anyways, he has some great receivers and all that stuff. And against the Eastern team, once again, they can't come on top and I don't think they're going to win another game this season. I don't think the Red Blacks are going to win another game this season either. But I think the Red Blacks are going to be in a lot more of their games, if I'm being completely honest. That's fair. That is fair. Uh, And like you said, the Elks may have put up a couple more points than the Red Blacks did, but did it really even matter in the end? Obviously not, right? Like, when you're putting up seven points through three quarters, you're not going to win many games that way. No. Um, it was nice to see if, if you're a Hamilton fan because their quarterback, Jeremy Mazzoli, who was out for injury for quite some time, he came back in and um, he threw, I believe it was for three – that sounds. I'm not sure if you have can confirm that or not, but uh, Mazzoli. Yeah, for Hamilton. He threw for 357. Yeah, but how many TDs? Oh, <laughs> I'm a little <laughs> bit big. That's Kate, but that 357 yards is also another good factor. Uh, he's got three. He had three. Three? Yeah. Okay. Um. So. Once again, it's going to come down like that is a huge win for Hamilton based on what Toronto ended up doing against BC, which we'll get to, and what happened in the Saskatchewan and the Montreal game, which obviously we'll get to. Why would we skip that one? No, we're skipping all of them. That's it for the week. Sorry, folks. Well, then we're ending the episode. Goodbye. Hey, oh, I know there's some huge angel news that you also want to get to, so that's why we're yes, trying, to, trying to keep the flow going here a little bit. I'll show you flow. I don't want to see your flow. All right. Moving right along. <laughs> this game, the BC versus Argonauts game, was a lot more exciting than... I kind of ex- expected it to be. I know I said it was going to be a close game once I get to what I picked and stuff as far as team and score. However, I didn't think it was going to come down to a 31-29 Argos win over BC Lions in overtime. 
Um, so that's a two-point differential. Uh, both me and Austin picked Argonauts win. I said with a three-point differential, Austin went way too high with a 14-point differential. Yeah, you were real close on this one. I almost got the perfect score. I almost pulled the Austin on this episode, but not quite. You know, only Austin pulled the Austin on this episode. That's fair. That's not going to be a thing. I'm, why did I say that? Yeah, that's, that's what an Austin is. When you pull an Austin, that's when you get it right. No, no, uh, that's uh, 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 no. Uh. Stop that laugh. No. <laughs> Guess who edits these episodes slightly? So maybe this will be the first episode I edit a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Just take me out completely. <laughs> that, all honestly, I really don't edit too much i just add if you guys have been listening little sound bits that yeah let us know what you think about those by the way sorry to just uh no I... but yeah it's let us know if uh oh, if... oh no we're just talking over each other okay, we've done that before all right let's go let's go let's football let, let, let's football. okay well i like i remember saying last episode that bc i figured was going to get more than three points well, they definitely did that, and they almost finally won a game, but still, the Argonauts, they're fighting for first place with Montreal, so they had to keep winning this game, and they did such, and it felt like a really good playoff game, and yeah, I really, really don't have too much to say, except for what I've noticed in the last few weeks is that the East has became a lot more balanced between, like, in the previous CFL seasons, the West would usually run away with it, and the East comes up the rear, and sometimes they squeak out a great cup. Right. This year, at least, it's a lot more even across the field. So I, I'm a huge fan of of that, just having the... But before we move on to the last game of the week, do you have any interesting, crazy stats for us? Nothing super crazy, although I will say uh, Riley outthrew Bethel Thompson almost by double in terms of passing yardage in the loss. Um, but it was a close one. Like I said, it was a good game, and... Uh, Obviously, Argonauts pull it out, and not a huge fan of you getting the extra point on this one, but uh, what are you going to do, you know? Uh, can't win them all. No, but just like not talking about winning them all, I'm really glad, I really thought for a second that it wasn't going to go the way that my fandom um, would was hoping for, and that was in the Saskatchewan versus Alouettes game. Especially with Calgary winning, the Riders really need to win this one. Alouettes also need to win this one in order to clinch a playoff spot. However, the Riders were the team to clinch a playoff spot, and they did it in... Me, personally, I'm not a fan of a defensive battle when it comes to football games. I like lots of scoring. It keeps me 
more interested, especially if I'm watching it on TV. If I'm watching a live game, I actually prefer the defense in a live game. Right. Um, it's kind of weird seeing because, you know, fans aren't cheering as much, but whatever. That's my preference. Um, anyways, it was the Riders that were able to clinch the playoff spot with a 19-14 win over the Alouettes. That's a five-point differential. Both of me and Austin went with the Riders. I went with a seven-point differential. Austin went with 10 points. So I got another two points on that pick there for being closest as well. So if you guys are keeping score, I'll just say it now. We're still tied, guys. Still friggin' tied. God damn. So Austin said last episode that he was going to try and break away from the tie. So once we get to the picks of week 14, who knows? Maybe I'll try and do that once again. Um, This game, again... Not just because the Riders win does not make it an exciting game for me, like I said. <laughs> it was another very boring game. Um, it was a defensive battle. That's without a question. Um, I believe the Riders had two interceptions. Well, um, they didn't get a third one, but that could be d- debatable. I think the ball hit the ground. Anyways, um, yeah, they managed to score some points on off those turnovers, and that was the, um, you know, I'm really big because I just had who That was what the difference was. Well, and I will say, too, uh, big props to uh, Lothar out there to put up uh, four field goals. It definitely helped those 12 points. Yeah. <laughs> um, in a defensive battle, that's what you expect is your kicker. Kicker to come he, through, and he did. And speaking of kickers, we also had our punter, John Ryan, was injured. So we had um, – I'm not going to try and say his name, but we had some guy that – he's originally from Norway, but he has lived in the States for quite some time, but he's still counting – towards our global player. So he punted for the first time for us as as a rookie, and he did mediocre. Okay. So that's where we're at with that. I guess John Ryan twists his ankle real bad, and you kind of need your ankles as a kicker. It's true. It's true. Um, Do you have any other stats for – I know you talked about Lowther. Do you have any other stats before we – yeah, it wasn't honestly a huge game statistically. Um, like you said, definitely not on the. Oh, sorry, I was talking over you there. I was just gonna say the turnovers are definitely the story. Um, although mm. I will say the Owls outpossessed the Riders, out yardage, out everything, right? So, uh, but I mean, I'm just happy the Riders pulled it out in a defensive battle. Yeah, even though you do pick against the Riders from time to time. That's you, true. It's still my team. 
Yeah, but you'd just rather beat me than, I guess, seeing the Riders win. Whatever. Yeah. Okay. Um, but that's what we got for picks, and the old score was 42 all tied up, and now it's all tied up with 46, so... Dang, okay. We each got four points. Um, you got four at the top. I got four at the bottom. So I guess we know where we stand. That's a little weird. We're moving along. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So in both sports that we're going to be, well, both of the main sports that we've been talking about lately, um, we have some GMs being fired um, in the CFL, a lot less serious of the situation, and that will all become clear if you guys aren't sure what's going on in the NHL. Once I let Austin get there, I can tell he's jumping out the bit. So I'll uh, I'll move it right along here. Um, this is a name that I should have sent to Austin so he would know and help me with this GM, but it's the GM of the Red Blacks, Marcel Desjardins. Oh, Desjardins. Desjardins. Yeah, even with you just saying, I can't, <clears throat> well, my voice just cracks, so puberty is a thing. <laughs> yeah, it's puberty, bud. It comes and goes. Um, <laughs> but anyways, so this... He was let go um, basically a day after our recording. And uh, he was the first and only GM. And he's been with the Red Blacks for eight years. He was the first hire when the Red Blacks became the seat, like um, back into the seat or the CFL again. All that good stuff. He's won, I believe, one great cup. Um, he's been in it three times. That's even with a regular season being under a 500 record, which is kind of impressive to uh, at least get one great cup win out of all that. Yeah. And they haven't done well in the last two seasons, so he was the escape goat, but... I kind of really like his quote. I didn't, I paraphrase it a little bit, but I kind of wanted to read it out to Austin because I feel like you would enjoy it as well. So once he figured out that he got fired, um, and as he was packing up his bags, he said, I think you guys are making a huge mistake, but it's up to you. It's more or less as what he said, which I think is amazing that as the GM was, you know, out the door, he's saying something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's definitely easy to say something on the way out because you don't owe them anything and you don't have to watch what you're saying. But uh, I do like it. I love uh, love the idea he, of... He also know, said thank you as well, so... Well, you know, uh, mixed emotions, right? <laughs> Something like that. Um, I so I know you're more of a hockey person, but I kind of wanted to get 
your thought on this GM firing so we can kind of compare it to the more serious one stuff that's going on in the NHL. So what do you think about, at this point in the season, a GM getting fired from the Red Blacks? Yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely uh, more odd for a, for a GM to be fired at this point rather than a coach or something like that. But mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It's uh, I mean, obviously they've been not great, and maybe that's what they need. Maybe they need to to change change house. You know, this is a typical in that sense, right? You know, the team is underperforming, so maybe bring somebody new in. Yeah. GM situation as opposed to what uh, we're going to talk about later. It's vastly different. That's definitely true. How, although, um, change a GM when there's only a few weeks left of the season really isn't going to turn your season around. Usually, you see teams wait until the off season to do yeah, something maybe like just, this. They but... just didn't want to wait, or maybe there was a big argument or something. I don't know. We don't know, right? Yeah. Something that maybe we do know a little bit more about, hopefully, because it's coming from our own brains, is the what we are going to pick for the week 14 CFL picks. So, I don't know. What the hell? I'll go first. Um, we got BC versus Hamilton. It's the first game on Friday. Um, I'm going on a limb here. And I'm going with BC is going to win by really? seven points. Yes, sir. They always beat Toronto. I know it was a weird finish if you actually watched that. It was a weird situation. But they almost won. And I think they're going to beat Hamilton, like I said, by seven. So I'm kind of curious where you're going to go with well, What's your pick. You know, it's just interesting to me that even though we're tied in our standings, you want to get rid of that lead because if you wanted to keep it or at least tie, uh, you you would have picked the tie cats. So Hamilton's gonna win, and mm, they're gonna win by eight. All right. Well, that's uh. Well, it's not unusual. CFL score that you pick with the eight, but it's not as common as like a seven per se. But hey, but you're again, tied. We, don't, we don't get anything extra for getting it right on the money, so that's true. You just have to be closest, exactly. Uh, Saskatchewan versus Alex. I am not going out on any crazy limb on this one, I'm not picking the Alex. Definitely not against the Riders. Um, wait, did I go first last time or did you? You I did. Okay, well, Austin, it's your turn. <laughs> so, Riders are going to take this one. Uh, they're going to take it by 10. I won't take much time on this one because that's, what, that's what's going to happen. I can really tell that you're trying. You have some news that you want to get to. So. What? <laughs> What what gave that away? Um, Saskatchewan is going to win by seven. I'll be nice to Austin. Keep it short and sweet. I like my seven theme so far. Um, 
Argos versus Red Blacks. I guess this is the one where I was supposed to go first on since I messed it up last time. Uh, I'm going to go with Argonauts is going to beat the Red Blacks by 14 points. The Ottawa Red Blacks are going to lose again. <laughs> I like how you turned it that. Uh, Argos are going to win by 11. I like how we're keeping it short and sweet. Putting very little thought into this and just going for it. I just, love it. Just go with your gut, you know? Um, I think I went first last time. So, Austin, Alouettes versus Winnipeg. The Blue Bombers are coming off the bye. Alouettes just lost to the Riders. What's going to happen? Yeah, Alouettes coming off a defensive loss. Uh, Blue Bombers are going to be well-rested. Bombers are going to take it by 16. So, I like how you said the Bombers are going to be well-rested. Well, I think they're going to be very well-rested too well-rested, and they're going to sleep on this game, and the Alouettes are going to win by three points and giving the Winnipeg Blue Bombers their second loss. Dang, bold, bold, hot take there, buddy. Yeah. Um, that's my second hot take on the spooky Halloween episode. Um, yeah, we'll see if it pays off. I'm I'm kind of gambling in the hopes that I break away from this tie from you. <laughs> well, you shouldn't have picked the tie cats to lose if you wanted that to happen. Or the Al- Alouettes probably against Winnipeg, but we'll see. <laughs> However, that's our week 14 picks. We'll see how it pans out. But something, I don't get to do this too terribly often, but right now, um, I'm going to be passing off to Austin and I'm going to uh, just I get to just sit back and listen because who knows what I'll be missing when Austin tells us all about the huge NHL news That's going on. If you guys paid any attention in the last week, then I'm sure you know what's going on. Well, in months. So, but I'll get into that. Yeah, but really, really in the last week is what everything's unfolded. But like Austin said, he'll get to that and, well, let us have it, buddy. Yeah, so a huge. First of all, right off the top, uh, a huge part of this, um, Rick Westhead, uh, the reporter, has been incredible on covering this, um, making sure that people keep talking about this. But uh, we found out, and I think this kind of speaks to your point, Morgan, it's gotten big in the last week because we found out who John Doe 1 is. Uh, yeah. Uh, his name is Kyle Beach. He was drafted in the first round. Uh, I believe it was 11th overall by Chicago. Uh, he had a lot of potential. Obviously, high draft pick. Um, and he was um, 
well, he was sexually assaulted by the uh, video coach at the time, um, Brad Aldrich. And uh, we're not going to talk about we're not going to talk about everything, all the all the details. But um, no, I do want to say, um, sorry to cut you off. I just did you mention just so people know the time frame? Did you mention? When this all like no, so like, this uh yeah, so this was right around the time. So Chicago before twenty ten had had not won a cup in years. I believe it was fifty some years. They were in a huge drought, and uh, year this was happening. I believe it was the year before the Stanley Cup run. Uh, he was drafted, and um, so. When this happened, thank you for context. I appreciate that. When this happened, it was during the playoffs. Um, and essentially what has come out from this is everyone wanted to, everyone involved uh, wanted to keep this a secret. They didn't want there to be a distraction from the team or for the team uh, they didn't want any sort of negative publicity while this team is making their first cup run. It's, 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 it's awful. <laughs> it's disgusting, right? It's, it's putting a, a trophy before a human being is, is not right. And the, a lot of people involved are facing some consequences, uh, whether or not they're severe enough. That is yet to be determined, but uh, and we're not going to get into that debate because that's honestly not our department. No. We're just talking on the sports side of things. No, but I will say, uh, so Joel Coenville, let's talk about him. Head coach. Yeah, it's a good guy uh, to start with. <laughs> he was head coach at the time, and it has come out that he did. He was aware, um, and I will say, if he was not aware then he's a bad head coach, but uh, well aware of the situation and didn't do anything, didn't uh, report it or anything. So he obviously was not in Chicago anymore. He was coaching in Florida after signing a big old contract there. And the thing with Coinville is he has an extent, he has a, uh, an impressive history. Uh, I believe he's won the Jack Adams for coach of the year. He's won the Stanley cup three times. Um, impressive amount of wins and, games coached but uh that a lot of that you know legacy for him is at least just i think partially destroyed in the public eye right because yeah how do you celebrate that guy while while he was doing those things you know and he wasn't doing but he wasn't helping like he he should have and so he's he's not the head coach anymore. He's been uh, let go by the Panthers. Uh, Stan Bowman, the GM, right? Obviously, GM knew and uh, did not do enough, um, and he resigned. Uh, big thing for me. I I sorry. I'm just kind of all over the place on this one, but no, this it's, is your um, part. Something I'm really really upset about is the players. Yeah, especially the captain, Jonathan Taze. Um, not only did he didn't uh, uh, make a big deal about this at the time or, you know, be a good captain. Sure, he was young, but 
That's experiment, and and uh, for him now to put out support for Stan Bowman and this and that, and it's just it's disappointing to see, in the very least. And mm-hmm. I will say, just on a small scale of being a little bit petty, I do like seeing how bad the, sh- the Chicago is doing this year. Yes, uh, I don't believe they've won a game yet. Um, so. That's a little bit of sweet justice. Another thing I'm upset about. Sorry, I just keep going. So Chicago, oh, going. Chicago I love it. was fined two million dollars for this for this whole um, situation. Yeah, which to billionaires owning an NHL team is absolutely nothing, especially yeah. when you consider that New Jersey, the New Jersey Devils, a few years back were fined three million dollars. And a few draft picks, because they signed a contract with Ilya Kovalchuk that circumvented the cap. In fact, so they basically broke the salary cap rules and were harsh, more harshly punished than Chicago. Yeah, really, what really hurts a professional team on majority of levels is, or like any sport, is the fact giving up those higher draft picks. Sure, the couple million, the three million. The million is nothing. It it the picks mean way more to these teams. Yeah, but like basically what I'm saying is like sure the dollar amount would like um I do think the dollar amount has to be higher. But even if it was higher, I still don't think it would be quite enough because you need those extra draft picks because that's what's gonna hurt them in the long run. Oh, a hundred percent. Especially a team like Chicago, they'll get that two million back in merchandise in no time. Oh, merchandise, uh, seats, uh, or tickets, whatever. But yeah, and uh, I think one of the last few things I want to touch on the fact that Aldrich was <clears throat> given Aldrich was given a uh, letter of recommendation mm-hmm. from. The Blackhawks and his severance of thirty-five thousand dollars. You also, oh, sorry. Well, and and part of that letter of recommendation helped him work at a, uh, I believe it was a high school that uh, he was then arrested for for uh, inappropriate behavior with a minor. Okay, see that I honestly didn't know that part of the story, which without that info. It, um, but terrible is already awful news, and that just makes it worse. Um, uh, um, do you see the fact that his name, because he was the video coach back in 2010, yeah, you, his name has been removed off of the Stanley Cup. I know that's a, in my mind, that's small, but I'm so glad that his it's name's small gone. but significant. But yeah, even though. Yeah, sure they did, but he also still got his day with the cup. He got a day with the cup. Yeah. After he, these people knew this happened. Yeah, he's still experienced. He's still celebrated with the team. He's still yep has that memory of winning the cup. They can't like can't this isn't the Matrix. You can't. Was it the blue or red? I've never really seen the Matrix. Whatever yeah, let's pill. Not, let's not get into that, but. <laughs> but the thing is, it's, it's, you, yeah, 
Sorry, I'm a little bit big, but no. Um, just I think this is not necessarily just a Chicago problem. I think hockey in no. general, hockey teams, there is very much a culture of don't say anything, uh, mm-hmm. keep it within the team, uh, whatever, blah blah blah. But if it's something like this, you got to do something. And the fact, like. Like you mentioned off the top, we now know who John Doe one is. Yeah. I really hope that we've seen in other sports where sometimes when one um, player steps up, um, I hope, I hope for the fact, I hope that um, more players, you know, are willing to speak their mind and stuff, but at the same time, I also hope that nothing else does come up because maybe that will mean that nothing else happened, if that's the case. I doubt that. (laughs) I don't think that's the case, and but I will say, like you said, I I hope this, and Kyle Beach in his interview said this as well, He, he wants to be able to help people. He wants to be the poster board for this. He wants to help people feel comfortable saying something and, and coming forward and helping stop this problem. And maybe, like, we talked about past, maybe, like, the um, gesture of um, Carrie Price doing what he's doing right now. Um, he didn't go, I don't think he went through the same stuff that Kyle went through or any other potential players, but no, maybe, you know, you still see someone of that stature being like, oh, I'm not afraid to say that something's going on. Maybe that was part of the reason, or who knows, but I don't know if you have anything else you want to say on this. I'm sure we'll have more news come out within, like, throughout the episodes that we do and stuff. Yeah. Uh, nothing for now. Uh, I just, obviously there's so much more that we haven't talked about. Uh, this is an insanely huge story. Uh, the report that was released was, I believe over 107 pages. Um, but obviously if, if more big news comes out about this, then we will talk about it. Uh, because I think it's important to talk about it. Uh, even if we don't have a huge audience, I think anybody with the, any sort of audience should be yeah. saying something about it. Everyone should know this knowledge. So, um, but no, I think, uh, is this where we make a really, really awkward, hard left turn to uh, a different topic? Yeah, well, right before we do that, I do want to say, like, as we're recording today's Sunday, I believe Kyle is supposed to have a huge meeting coming up on Monday here. Right. So. Yes, with the, I believe with the NHLPA, uh, the NHL. Yeah. So I'm sure after once again, um, they'll we'll have even more to talk about. So, but like Austin said, we're going to take a huge left turn, and I mean, yes, shitty stuff happens, but this is going to sound probably awful, but. We have to keep moving forward at times. And um, we got more worse contracts to talk about. This is 
We talked about this alphabetical order. We talked about the first eight. So now we're talking about the next eight. And there's a little closer to the bottom of the list. Um, there's a little different uh, situation, to say the least. But just like last episode, if you guys haven't listened, um, I'll basically say the details, the team, the player's name. Um, Austin will correct me on the player's name and give us a little bit more details. So right off the bat, starting off, because we ended off with Colorado, I believe, is now the Blue Jackets. Is Zach Wierenski. Thank you, buddy. He had six he has six years left. They put in this full number at nine point five eight five or five eight three 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 million dollars and that is twenty twenty one. Why it's a weird number? Do you know what that was? I a... I don't honestly know. I think it has probably something to do with cap space percentage and things like that. But it is a weird number. Um, it is also way too high of a number. I think uh, Warensky's a solid defenseman. Don't get me wrong. He's not super defensive. He's definitely more on the offensive side of things. But Warensky, I don't believe is worth nine point five. I think he's worth maybe six. Six and a half, maybe seven. Okay. Um, this is the part I honestly don't have too much to say on all the players. Um, so saves my voice a little bit, which I don't mind. But Dallas Stars, um, this is a player that is same amount of time as that Zach guy, six years left. Um, similar money, nine point eight five million, and that's Tyler, say again. Austin, do you feel like this is also too much money, or was was your thought? Well, I don't think fully healthy Tyler Sagan at nine point eight five is too much money. However, Sagan has a ton of injury history, and he is not getting younger. Um, he's not a bad player. Don't get me wrong, but. I just I, I think it's too much for him given how injury prone and not full season playing he has. I also forgot to write what year he was. Um, uh, twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen. Thank you. Um, Red Wings. Danny DeKaiser. Yeah, one year left. Five mil. Twenty sixteen. Yeah, this was a rough contract from the moment it was signed. Uh, he was definitely okay. He's not a bad player for sure, but five million for DeKaiser is too much. Um, moving right along, this is kind of a player where I've heard like all the you know professional reporters, you know the people that know way more than I do. Um, really not be too fond of this next guy playing for Edmonton Oilers, Darnell Nurse. He has eight years left on his contract, nine point two five million, twenty twenty one. Um, yeah, like my said, like I said, for me personally, he's not my most favorite 
defenseman. I would not want him on my team, but Austin, what's your uh, thought? Uh, Darnell Nurse, I think, is simultaneously over and underrated. Uh, Edmonton fans absolutely love him. The media can absolutely hate him sometimes. Uh, Stats guys, not a huge fan. I don't think he deserves 9.25. I think Darnell Nurse at, like, 7 again, at, like, 6 to 7 range would be really good for him. Well... I'm so glad. Honestly, I'm so glad that this next guy's name is on this list, just so I can say it. Austin knows what's going to come out of my mouth, I'm sure. But for the Florida Panthers, the number one cop of, on the force, Sergey Bobrovsky, he has five years left, $10 million, 2019. He also might be a goalie, but Austin... What do you think of this well, guy? Sergey Bobrovsky. Bobrovsky. A big old $10 million contract a couple of years ago. And I don't think you should ever pay goalies $10 million. I just don't think it's, it, I just think it's way too much to pay a goalie. But that being said, Bobrovsky's had an excellent year so far. He's been playing great. And I believe the Florida Panthers are one of the few undefeated teams still, if not. That's even with all the, um, yeah, they're, uh, they're still in the field. I saw that today when I was looking at the news when, when the previous stuff that we're talking about. They're right. still undefeated with all the whole other side stuff going on. So With losing their head coach, yeah. So that, that also can't be too easy. So maybe he's making that $10 million look a little bit more. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Who knows? My brain doesn't even know. But uh, Kings, Drew Doughty, six years left, $11 million, 2018. It's too much. It's way too much. <clears throat> Drew Doughty I knew that has six years left on this contract, and he is 31 years old. That's so it's going to be at... Yeah, he's going to be 37 at the end of it. Yeah, and, and he's still going to be making $11 million a year. So, this is a gross contract. It's way too much. He should be making like 7, 6 mil. Again, that area for that defenseman. But it, this $11 million stuff, it's too much. Way too much for Doughty. Yeah, it seems like lots of these players are, well, or I guess not players, these teams are having to pay top top dollar, overpriced dollar for these used-to-be really good defensemen. Yeah. Like, he's still solid, but he's definitely not anywhere yes. where he's... And I don't know if he was ever as good as everyone said he was, but he wasn't... I don't know. He's He's not bad, but he's not great. But this is the main thing that I really want to get your on. I believe we talked about it in the past, but this is another good time to talk about. It's a little different, but the Minnesota Wild really, according to this article, really don't have a bad player. I'm interested to hear A. Austin's thought on that as far as contracts go, but it's more the fact that they had the two buyouts of Ryan Sutter 
and Zach Parise. Yeah. Um, what do you think of that? What just Minnesota's situation? Do you think they have a bad contract right now and the whole? So right now, this year it's not that bad. This year it's just shy of five million dollars in cap space they can't use. However. <clears throat> In 2022-23, it's $12.7 million. The next year, it's fourteen point seven. The next year, it's fourteen point seven. The year after that, it's $1.6. And the year after that, it's $1.6. And then it's done. So there's going to be three years in a row where over $10 million, over $12 million will be dead cap space. Yeah, that's... It takes up quite a few players. <laughs> that's rough. Um, so it's going to be interesting, like we said before, time will tell on the wild situation. It's definitely going to be wild for the next three years. Oh, boy. Let's see how their GM deals with that, which... He's actually under an investigation for something, but that's a whole other thing, and we're not going to get into it. All right. Well, um, something we are going to get into, and hopefully one more thing if we have time, is the Montreal Canadiens, Josh Anderson, six years left, 5.5-2020. Yeah, I'm not sure why... See, this one for me, the contract amount is not so bad. Like, I don't mind the amount he's making. I don't think it should be for another six years. Um, I think they should have maybe signed him to a couple years shorter deal just to give him a little bit more flexibility. But, uh, yeah, he's not terrible. But he is definitely underperforming based on the big old contract he got. Fair enough. Well, this is one more thing that I'm sure we'll go real quick. I just... How to put it on here because it really bugs me. Um, maybe Austin will have a different opinion. We will find out. But in the Major League Baseball, you guys, I'm sure, all know what's called the bullpen. That's where the pitchers, the relief pitchers, warm up their arm and get ready to come into the baseball game. You guys probably also know of an organization called PETA or PETA, however they like to say it. PETA. Um, they like the, their animals, which I also like my animals. But I also know my animals taste, or some animals taste quite well in my belly. And But that's a whole different story. Anyways, <laughs> um, they want to change the term bullpen to arm barn. Because they feel like the term bullpen, which has been used for years upon years upon years, is offensive. And it refers to the fact that the animals have to wait in the bullpen right before they're slaughtered. Um, I I don't disagree or I don't agree with this. I think it should be stated as bullpen. That's my opinion. Maybe, like I said, maybe Austin has a different opinion. Um, you have a few seconds, Austin, so... I am divided. Because on one hand, 
I hate the idea of changing it just simply because of that. I think that's silly. Uh, I think it's not offensive. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. It's it's a bullpen. It's whatever. Yeah. But on the other hand, I really do like the idea of something being called the Arm Barn. <laughs> I think that's a silly name, and I think that's a great idea. However, I don't want to change it for this reason. I I complete. I do not want it to be called Arm Barn. I love the Arm Barn. Oh, and uh, we got Roger Clemens standing up to the uh, bullpen. Roger Clemens, who am I? Fucking sixty years old. <laughs> hey, maybe I'll draw on some of the older audience. Who knows? From that one name, Babe Ruth. There you go. <laughs> Get our old timers in here. No, um, I really don't see them changing the name of bullpen. I I don't know. Arm barn just it sounds awful. It doesn't roll off the tongue. Um oh, it's I great. saw I saw pictures of people having like they should turn it into like an actual barn. Make they it look should. like just put arms on the side of it. Oh it'll no. It'll be oh, great. No. Okay, well on that note, um I'm gonna do my uh, quick little Donor statement. Um, in the CFL, we're still tied. Maybe that'll change. A GM got fired. In the NHL, time will tell. And holy shit, shit's going down. And in the baseball, do you guys like Arm Barn? I don't. I think that's the name of the episode. <laughs> Everyone out there, get stoned, don't get too scared, and stay safe. Happy Halloween. Bye. Ah.